Good morning. Um, oh, yeah, great. Pastor Peters is going to get up and, and say something first. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, Pastor Lisa and I would just like to thank everybody that um, donated time and money to getting the garden sorted out the front there. Or it's all ready for ICFM and before, obviously. Um, also, we would like to just thank everybody that actually does participate in doing things within the church. It doesn't go unnoticed. You might think it does, but we do hear and we do see what you do. So we'd just like to thank you all for um, your donations, but also the sweat equity that you, that you put into this place, that you put into your house. So we'd just like to thank you very much for all the effort that you put in whether it be financially or physically. And you were going to thank... Um... Oh, yes. So just would like to thank... Um, so Winter organised uh, a lot of soil and, and the mulch that goes on the garden. So it was, there's a lot of money invested in, in that. So we would just like to thank Winter and, um, and obviously Compost in New Zealand, who actually... That's a lot of investment. So thank you. Yeah, that's great. Um, before I start my message, I, I just wanted to uh, say something about ICFM, which is coming up in about three weeks or something, three and a bit weeks, maybe. Uh, it's very soon anyway, um, Tuesday to Thursday, mornings and evenings. Um, but as, as I mentioned last week, we need people to help serve in there. And in, out in the foyer is some sign-up sheets. We just need to get a bit of an indication of who's available when. Um, some people are available all the time, and uh, so, um, so some people have started writing their names there. But there's also um, little slots, like two-hour slots here and there. So if you're able to um, help us, even if it's just for a short time, that would be really appreciated. So, so please remember to, to sign up out there um, before you leave. That would be great. Taka and I need, are the ones organising it, aren't we? So we, we've got to organise who's doing what um, in the next week or so. <laughs> so as many names as we can get today would be great. Uh, we're having Patsy Caminetti come over from... She's actually from the USA, but she lives in Australia at the moment with her husband. And, uh, and she is... I haven't actually met her before or heard her speak, but I've heard that she's awesome. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what Patsy has to say. And... Uh, Don, Pastor Don McDonnell as well is coming to speak one of the evenings. Pastor Patsy is the main, is basically the guest speaker, but uh, she's speaking two of the evenings and also during the day, uh, one of the days, and Pastor Don's going to speak one of the evenings as well, so that's exciting. And then we've also got all the wonderful trustees of ICFM too that will speak in a slot as well. I find it fantastic because I just, it's like a really great time to just soak up the word of God and be ministered to. So I'd really encourage you um, to be involved in that. That would be great. Uh, okay, what else did I need to mention? Anything? If, you, if you're still wanting a T-shirt, I think that went into the newsletter this week. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think I put that in. But the uh, T-shirts that we have have the, um, the lion on the back, like is on our sign out there. Uh, Jesus is the real source of truth, which he is. He is the truth, actually. And, uh, and so uh, if you want to have a T-shirt like that, there's a, um, a cost for that, um, and there's a screen printing company that 
that provides the t-shirt. They're actually really good and they last really well, so if you're wanting that, there is information about that in there too. If you want to wear it at the conference, then go for it, but you don't have to. <laughs> all right, so that's all I needed to say in regards to that. Now for my message, my message is titled Mary or Martha, <laughs> and uh, so it's based on the story of Mary and Martha, and it's based out of Luke 10. And I'm going to read, actually I won't read out of the New King James, I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version. And I'll also read the last verse from the Living Bible as well. So um, it says here, Now while they were on their way, that's Jesus and his disciples, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities, and she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen that good part which is to her advantage. And he said that he won't take that away from her. And in the Living Bible, verse 42 says, There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. I like that. And I won't take it away from her. And so my, my, my message today is, is about Mary and Martha. And it's about priorities. So what can we learn from Mary and Martha? I, I started thinking about this several weeks ago. And, and I discovered this, I've read this before, but this time it really spoke to me in my heart about, um, about how busy lives can be. And, you know, Martha, let's just look at Martha for a minute. You know, she was actually the one that invited Jesus to her home. She was the one. It wasn't Mary. It was Martha, which indicates that she, she wanted to bless him. She probably loved him loved Jesus and wanted to bless him. And by, perhaps she was a hospitality-type person, loved, loved to entertain, perhaps. Um, but she wanted to provide food in a nice place, her home. But she was really, really focused on making sure everything was prepared. And there's always a place for that, and being hospitable is a wonderful thing. Uh, and it is mentioned in the Bible about being hospitable, too. Um, but she was so distracted and busy by it that she didn't properly hear what Jesus was teaching because she was trying to get all the stuff done in the background. Um, so her focus was on getting the things done in the physical or the soul realm. And she wanted to bless Jesus, but you know what? She forgot the main reason why he was there in the first place. So when she asked Jesus to tell Mary to help, he went right to the main, the, the core reason for her distraction, and that was her focus on the food, which meant that she became worried and bothered and anxious. So um, she, her busyness and her desire to get everything perfect and everything done meant that she started feeling really unsettled in here, really felt quite bothered and worried and anxious. And it was really interesting because when I prepare messages, I find that the enemy attacks me in that very way that I'm about to preach. <laughs> because yesterday, I was feeling quite bothered and unsettled. 
and a bit anxious as well. <laughs> and it's really annoying, <laughs> but at least I was able to recognise that and do something about it. You know, um, so yeah, I've, I've done that. I don't know, have you ever done that? Have you ever felt a bit like unsettled and like, oh my gosh, and you're thinking, what's wrong with me today? And you're feeling a little bit bothered, a little bit anxious, a little bit worried. You know, that's a, that is a spirit, it has its basis in a spirit of fear. But, um, you know, it's, it's something that I can honestly say I've kind of, uh, ever since I was young, I've had a little bit of a tendency to try and get things all done before I spend time with God. <laughs> Because my thinking with that is that everything will be nice and nothing's going to distract me. Everything's done. I can, you know, now I can focus on God. The problem with that is that quite often I never actually get to the spend time with God part. <laughs> because life can just fill your day, can't it? And when, when I started teaching in education, um, I'd, I remember trying. I did, this, I did this successfully during uni. I'd try and get everything all finished, and that worked fine. But as soon as you start working in a school, uh, it doesn't work quite so well. I could never get all my t prep and marking completely finished. Uh, I quickly learned that if I tried to do that, it would not be sustainable. And... I'd, I'd just be living teaching, like, all the time, and I'd never, that would just consume me. And I've seen people do that. I've seen people in my, in my job, do, other people do that, where it just consumes them, and they just seem to have no life outside of teaching. But it's, I don't think that's a very healthy way to live. And one thing I learned very quickly, especially in my first year of teaching, was that nothing ever gets finished. <laughs> In other words, I mean, you might finish your marking, but there's always more marking, you know. You might get your prep done, but then you've got to prepare more, you know. And so uh, you might get a nice activity ready, but then that's for one lesson, and then you've got another three lessons that week for that class, you know. And so I realised that I needed to accept that I won't be able to get everything finished. And so I eventually had to make a decision to limit the time I spent in the evenings and weekends, preparing lessons as much as I possibly could, because otherwise it would just consume me. And there have been times, especially in my early days with teaching, where it did consume me. And, and it's just not a healthy thing to be living like that. You've got to, especially, you know, when we know God, which we do, um, you know, it, it's so important to spend that time in God. And so all of that relates to prioritizing, doesn't it? And my time spent in God's presence is important, and so is your time. And there's a reason for that, and that is because it's a place where we can be refreshed, we can receive revelation, we can find joy, we can find strength. And when we're able to speak in, from that place of being in God's presence, when we're able to live in that place, then we're going to be not feeling the pressure and the stress that the busyness of life tries to put on us. You know, because otherwise, it, the busyness of life sucks everything out of us, doesn't it? 
It really does. And it leaves no time for God. And uh, Alison made a really good point in the last, in the last service where she said, you know, that's the enemy's goal, actually, is to steal that time, is to steal the time from us and make our lives so busy that we don't make room for God. Right, let's talk about Mary for a moment. Mary, you know, she sat at the feet of Jesus right at the front of the room where most of the people were behind her away from distractions. And I, I don't know about some of you ones sitting further back, but uh, have you ever tried sitting closer to the front? There's so m many less distractions. And, and it's, it's a place where you can just focus on God and not be, you know, you don't see the people in front of you. It's actually, it's, it's cool. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend trying it sometime <laughs> if you haven't already. But that's where Mary chose to sit, right at the feet of Jesus. She was keen. So she prioritised spending time in his presence, listening to his words, over helping prepare a meal. Okay, And the meal, yes, that's, it's important to, have to eat, it's important to be hospitable, it's important to do stuff and to serve, but not if it's overtaking our time with God. You know, Jesus said that Mary had discovered the most important thing to prioritise. And he said that he wouldn't take that away in order for a meal to be prepared because a meal can be prepared later. No. They could have really both been sitting at Jesus' feet and then prepared the meal together, couldn't they? So Mary and Martha, I just want you to know, though, that Mary and Martha both loved Jesus. They both did. And they wanted to be close to him. Otherwise, Mary wouldn't have invited him into her home. So she had a good heart. Um, but their priorities were different. So Martha focused on what needed doing, whereas Mary focused on spending time with Jesus. And, uh, you know, it is a good thing to have a heart to serve. It really is. Matthew 20, 28 says that Jesus came to serve, and it says in that scripture, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So yeah, Matthew 20, 28, that God loved us, so he came to serve. And, and when we love someone, we want to do good things for them too, don't we? So when we love God, which we do, we should want to serve him in return. Um, and Romans 12, 10 to 12 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honour, giving presence to one another, a preference, sorry, to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Um, and so serving isn't wrong, but when it take, overtakes our spending time with, with God, it becomes a problem because our priorities are out of order. And so I'm not saying that serving God's not a good thing. It's needed, but not if it, the consequence of that is that we don't spend time with God. So we've got to make that decision. And Mary, she, she put Jesus as a top priority. And Luke 10, 27 sums it up for us, really, about what our priorities should be. It says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. So that's our first priority. And the second is, you must love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. So there will always be jobs to do, 
And those jobs need doing unless you're one of those ones that can't say no. So I'm not talking to those because it's important to still say no and, and because otherwise you'd have um, lots of jobs badly done compared to a few jobs really well done. You get what I mean? So, uh, so there needs to be order even with that second part. So what I'm getting to is that we need to develop our uh, relationship and intimacy with God. We really need to work on developing that. And in our own life, because of relationship problems and trauma or hurt, sometimes we put up walls, don't we, or shields, and sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it, but we put those walls up to protect ourselves. It's a, it's a kind of a natural thing to do. But the problem is that sometimes we would often transfer those walls to our relationship with God as well, unless we recognize that they're there and um, start working to over to break them down. You know, th those walls will actually stop us developing or prevent us developing a, a deeper intimacy with the Lord. But we've got to be willing to open ourselves up. So it might mean that you need some emotional healing, um, perhaps, if, if you struggle with that. Uh, and that can... So wounds to your soul can be dealt with, I just wanted to say, that um, God is a God of healing, and in miracles, and that is not only related to physical healing and miracles, but also mental, like in your soul realm, that's your mind, your will, your emotions. God can heal and transform you in, in your mind, because that's really important. That's really important for, to be completely whole, isn't it? Not just physically, but um, in our soul as well. Um, I want to to point out too that Jesus often went to a solitary place to pray. Mark 1.35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before day daylight, he went out, Jesus did, and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And in Luke 5.16, it says, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So he often did that. And on the surface, these scriptures tell us that if Jesus had solitary prayer times with the Lord, then we should too, and that is true. But Jesus was purposely spending his time in God's presence, developing his relationship and intimacy with him. Because remember, Jesus came as a man. So the way he communed with God is the way that we can as well. So he, yeah, he came as a man, and everything he did, every, every healing, every miracle, every, um, uh, even setting people free from demonic bondage and any other thing like that, all of the things he did, even the, the miracles of multiplication where he multiplied the loaves and fish, all of those things are things that he did as man, as a man. So therefore, we should be encouraged by that because that means that we're capable of that too. But part of the uh, requirement to be able to do that is to develop our relationship and our intimacy with the Lord. Uh, because without that, it's going to be extremely difficult to do. So developing our intimacy with God is so important. And as I said before, um, when we're in his presence, we feel strengthened, we feel refreshed, revitalized. It brings healing, being in his presence. Um, revelation as well, joy, peace, and also a release from stress and pressure as well. 
And that's why Jesus said um, to abide in me. That's what he was meaning by that. So I want you to imagine for a minute that God was a home, okay? A home. So if God was a home, what would that home be like? It would be full of peace. It would be a place of joy. It would be warm as well, wouldn't it? It would be really warm. And it would be a place where you'd feel safe and secure as well. And then you'd feel a sense of comfort being there. You'd, li you'd like the, the comfort it brings. Um, it would be a place where you'd want to be. It would be a home where you would want to be. And that's what Jesus was meaning when he was, he was uh, saying, Abide in me in John 15, 4. And I'm just going to read the, that scripture, um, John 15, verses 4 to 5. He said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Because if we're, we're a branch and we're not attached to the vine, we can't get the nutrients we need, can we? We can't draw the water out of the ground like we need to, the refreshing. Um, and so that's why we have to be attached to the vine and Jesus is the vine. So it's so important that we pursue and develop our intimacy with God. So always make, a dis, uh, make sure our priority is to spend time in his presence. And how do we do that? It only takes a quality decision. So how? By making a quality decision to make it a priority. And what I mean by a quality decision is a decision that you're going to stick to. Okay, That's one that you've thought about and you know that you're committing to something, and you, and you say, I'm going to decide this, and I'm going to do this, and you just do it. So talk to God. Talk to God as you would a close friend. Um, sometimes you might just admire the beauty of creation and thank God for it. You know, talking to God doesn't mean um, being on your knees and praying all the time just like that. It can just mean sitting up on a hill somewhere and admiring the beauty of God and thanking him for it and saying, God, I really love your creation. That's, that is called spending time with God. Yeah? And, and it might be just telling him how wonderful he is. You know, I, uh, when we travel back and forth from Kapiti, we turn into our road and we see the mountains in the distance and we say, it's just like, oh, thank you, God, for putting us where you've placed us. Thank you for the beauty that you've surrounded us with. You know, it might just be sitting and listening to him and saying, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? And before you start saying, well, I want to have this, this and this. <laughs> have you ever had relationships like that? The ones where you feel drained afterwards? They're exhausting, and, and we don't want to be one-sided with God saying, Lord, I really, I need this, 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 and this. Thank you, God, that you're my, you know, you're this and this for me, and I really need this, but, you know, actually take time to listen to him as well. Let's make it a two-way street, two-way conversation. I mean, God loves his children, and he still loves the ones that just say, Lord, I need, I need, I need. 
just like we would. But, um, but if we can actually spend time, I love it when my kids ring and say, oh, how are you? How are you, mum? And what have you been doing today? Instead of, oh, mum, I really need help with this. And it's all right sometimes when they do say that, but it's not all the time. <laughs> and if it was all the time, I'd be like, mm, come on. <laughs> hey. And so, so, yeah, so that's what we should be thinking about to be like with God. And in the days that we're entering, we, uh, and we are entering a new fresh time in God, our choice to prioritise spending time in his presence to develop an intimate relationship with him will become paramount. It's going to be really important. So uh, it's easier, it's always easier to keep doing what you've been doing, but if you're not in a... Uh, in a routine with getting spending time with God, I'd really encourage you for all of this year and into next year to really work on that and make it an important goal to, to make a priority of spending time, quality time with God in his presence and developing that, okay? Because he wants to be able to speak to us. He wants to be able to um, quietly speak to us and we'll hear him. And, and then we can be obedient to whatever he's saying. Or he might even just be saying something to encourage us. He might be giving us a fresh, fresh revelation. But we need to develop that in intimacy to be able to hear him. And so, yeah, I just wanted to really encourage you to do that um, for 20, um, 2023 and 2024. Make it a, make it a priority. Okay, well, that... I just wanted to say Happy Mother's Day. I've uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mums. And uh, that's the end of my message. But I just want to give an opportunity because I don't know any. I, I know some of you. I can't see all of you, but that's fine. That's fine. I want to give an opportunity for people that might want prayer. But before I do that, I'd also like to give an opportunity for people that haven't received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Because, you know, Jesus, um, Jesus, died, Jesus died on the cross for you. Um, and the reason why he did that is because... Oh, it's a long story. But John 3.16 says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. And... John 10, 9 and 10 says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And so that's talking about, that's talking about life. One, one day when we die, we'll go to heaven. Very true. But it also means life in this world as well. It means healing. It means you know having an opportunity to meet him for the first time uh, or to even recommit our life to him. And, and then developing that relationship with God because God is not a, uh, a man with a big stick try, waiting to hit us over the head whenever we do wrong. He's not that kind of a God. He's actually a good, loving God, and he loves us very much. And, and so that's why Jesus died for us because God wanted to make a way to, to reconcile mankind with him. And it was because the sin... That, through, that came in through Adam and Eve, the sin that was passed down to all of us is the stuff that separates us from God because God's a holy God and sin and holiness can't be 
in the same room at the same time, if you get what I mean. And so that forced a separation, but God didn't want that separation. That was never, ever in his plan. And so right at the very beginning, he set that path in motion for Jesus to be born and to die for us on the cross. And so I just want to give you that opportunity. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, it's simple. It's just a real short prayer. You don't you just need to mean it. That's all. That's all you need to do. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So if everyone could just close their eyes and say this after me. And if this is you, everyone else is going to pray it anyway. So nobody, you know. And then come and see us afterwards because we've got something we'd like to give you for that. Okay, so Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. Your blood was spilt as a sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I choose to put my faith and confidence in you and be part of your family. I look forward to getting to know you as a loving Heavenly Father. Amen. Praise Jesus.